Hey folks, welcome back. True Glue Talks. True Glue Talking. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I'm talking to my first girl on the episode, my dear friend, Farah Noonan. She is studying Chinese medicine and acupuncture. She's done a treatment on me once. She examines the flow and energy of herself and now other people to help them and general flow of the universe. Really love talking to her. Um, love being around her. Just want you to know this is the second episode I've done starting in the kitchen, getting people comfortable, getting them getting into the deep conversations with all permission and respect. I won't hold you back. My um, narrativizing mind is very active. It's this invisible frame of reference that you carry in your head. Life presents all sorts of adversity, and some adversity doesn't feel like adversity. It's sneaky. Could I um, interview you for my space gas? For my space gas? What the hell is going on? Riding around in private jets. <laughs> you know, eating caviar. <laughs> oh, God, what do you call this? <laughs> Drinking Patron Cavalier? on the weekend. Cavalier? <laughs> oh, caviar. I've heard of that. This shit's gross. A lot of people spend so much money on that. It's so funny how all get? expensive things, or some many expensive things, are fucking gross like caviar and what's the one where they force feed the um like the goose oof foie gras i don't know what that is what is that i believe it's a like a goose it's a duck and they you don't know this they force feed they force feed it for like the first seven weeks of its life so it gets super fat and then I believe it gets basically like fatty liver disease. And I think they eat the liver because it is so fatty. True. It's just complete abuse. God damn. Like, who how do you feel are about we? how do you feel about those like child models? You know that there's TV shows where they make babies into models? Mm. You seen that? Mm-hmm. That's disturbing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, then you're just getting into the whole... What's worse? The, the duck? Honestly? Um, yeah, I think so. Because it can't defend itself. It can't. We are able to do that. And I mean, you can argue the same thing for the child. It's not yeah. able. But also the child is able to express something if it's not enjoying itself but the duck is just tortured and like put in a room and has no option like has no way out it's just like kate you're born your death is already decided and it's probably kind of to the way day. more lifetime involved as opposed to the child's lifetime yeah well that's your whole life if you're that duck or that goose. I'm just thinking... But then child, being a child, then you have I mean, a trauma for the rest of your life as well. Yeah. I'd like, potentially it was all good and the baby's really happy and it's just doing what mommy says and it loves that and it loves doing what it's doing because it's weirdly fun being on a stage or something. But 
then that mindset grew from a young age of like some sort of whatever that all was. And potentially you might be lacking a, a media attention your entire life or think that's normal and be missing it and not yeah. even want human in attention or interaction as much or treat humans like they're paparazzi or not well, paparazzi but fans. That reminds me like so because kids now are growing up with so much screen time um, from a young age they've uh, started to do studies on their like on their brains and uh, their brains of course are developing differently because they are missing out on body language, pitch, um, eye contact, the, sen the senses like sensuality and um, that's why they're thinking uh, I suppose our generation maybe but the generation below us as well like that's why they're um, a lot of those kids are can't hold a conversation or are very, very nervous and have social anxiety or they go in and they're trying to get a job, but they can't sit in a room with an employer and articulate, you know, why they should be hired or they're like too nervous to quit why, a job. How does anyone get that? That's just confidence in oneself, right? That's it's not mm. told by you to. It's hard to go in and follow a guideline in an interview of what you were told you're supposed to do to go to that interview to say exactly these things. Because you think like, oh, I might mess up the the way and the order. And no, oh, I've already messed up the order of how you say this. This is how I was supposed to get this job. If you may think that there's an instruction and you're not at a level of knowing that you're an entity and you have... And you're not looking at the human across the table from you and... It's just those parts of your brain aren't aren't being like as developed. And I guess. how did and you say? Hmm? How did you say that that's happening with you think? Because it's more screen time. Like as you know, as kids, it's so important for kids to ha play with other children, have other adults in their lives. You know, family around. All of these things we know are so important. And then with technology. They're starting to just observe how, you know, like, like the ways in which we communicate, I suppose, and how communication, how technology impacts our ability to communicate. Um, you know, because there's like the young people, the young people can because we've young. learned a certain way, but who are we to judge their way of? communicating like they're going to be super useful in some way but not for humanly connecting with themselves and everyone who lives here and i suppose that's really what it is is it's like do you feel safe and comfortable and like open to talking to other humans because no matter how much our world changes like we know that that's integral getting along with humans enough to make it a nice place for us to live and an actual livable place for us to live. But then you think about hermits. That's what I'm always so interested in. Hermit crabs? <laughs> or... Hermit humans. Hermit, hermit, hermit humans. <laughs> what do you mean like, about um, hermit do you, humans? Do you want to play it for this, or do you want to just wrap it? 
Just eat Ooh, it. Ooh, is it uh, gonna crisp up? Is it too crispy to wrap? No. <laughs> no, it's perfectly toasted. <laughs> <laughs> this wrap is crunchy like you ordered, sir. <laughs> Do you want to get your nice plate? <laughs> I like them because they're round, eh? The square plates are like... You don't like the square plates? They have all these extra corners of nothingness. Look at all those corners. They're just sticking way out there. The round plates are so much more... Everything's used. That's hilarious. I thought that you um, were using them because they were pretty, not because they were round. I like. I think I was using them because they're maybe round things are prettier than square things. How about that? <laughs> mm. Curvy ladies, as opposed to square jawed fucking <laughs> box machine people. <laughs> I love these sunflower sprouts so much. Bitter? So good for you. I can't remember. No, they taste buttery. Slightly nutty. Do you think they're kind of like the spirit of a ear seed as well? In the fact, like, they're new life and you eat new life. Therefore, it might keep you young. And, like, an ear seed is like having a seed attached to you, which is like potential life and might give you the attitude of new ideas or for me, I was trying to figure out how it felt for me mm -hmm. and what I relate to an ear seed mm -hmm. being some kind of seed that you stick into your mouth, not your mouth, your, your ear <laughs> and just have it there until it falls out. A seed is like potential energy. Mm -hmm. Just like gives you extra potential energy. But these sprouts, they give you liveliness because they're young and just blossomed and then you pick them yeah. before they're even full grown. You yeah. sick. <laughs> they didn't even get into their adult beautiful form. <laughs> oh, but we love them and we are grateful for them and we eat them with that gratitude. <laughs> That's a really interesting way to look at ear seeds. It's a different way mm. of looking at a sunflower than looking at a duck and appreciating how you grow it. Mm. And the liver. We're, we're so much more connected to beings that have feelings, I guess. Mm. Compared to plants. Mm. The thing about the ear seeds, too, is, um, yeah, it's that seed in your ear, which, as you say, can, you put it in the dirt, could grow into a full plant. I believe it's a perennial as well, uh, which is cool. But then it's on, you know, like, it's on the points to promote and do exactly what you just said but in a, through a different lens of understanding it as promoting chi or blood. <coughs> That's or your understanding. My understanding. So who got you onto an ear seed? And what do you think it does for you? I got into ear seeds when I was studying Ayurveda. Um, because in Ayurveda, there's the marma points. Have we talked about this? No. Marma? Marma. Mm -hmm. 
and the marma points because ayurveda arose right pretty much well mm, there's discrepancies but basically ayurveda arose before chinese medicine and they had um marma points when ayurveda is almost five thousand year old years old some of the texts which is incredible and acupuncture it's kind of argued how old it is because well like well before it was a medicine written down in in text like that book that i was reading you know the original acupuncture for example was done with like the bones of um like the teeth bones of animals <laughs> and like shards of metal and things like that were used instead of acupuncture needles um and then tai chi qigong like those are ancient but anyway the the marma points are interesting because they are they're points and it's promoted as like you stimulate it by by touch kind of like acupressure and then we found out that um like all of the marma points also articulate w with acupuncture points which is really neat so I was studying Ayurveda, was learning about marma points, and then I believe it was a teacher or um, like a colleague that showed me the ear seeds, and I just put it on Shen Men for so long. Um, and Which is a part of your ear that connects with... Your spirit. It's Shen Men is spirit gate, is what it translates yeah. to. Um, the Shen is housed in your heart. It's your spirit. It opens into your eyes, which is a beautiful concept. You can see someone's whole spirit through their eyes. So the people who did acupuncture, were they following the, the people before? The, or do you think it was coincidentally they found these points as well, side by side? Or did someone they found the points, but then they used needles as well. The similarities are <coughs> super striking. Um, even the direction of energy flow is very similar, where like the marma points and acupuncture understands like how energy is coming up from the, the earth into your lower body and that's the direction that it's traveling and then also from heaven in through your head and in like the upper portion of your body. Marma points um, sort of say that like there's more circulation in the center of your body whereas my knowledge of acupuncture which is very complete um, doesn't um, you know have the idea that energy starts to like actually circle in the center of the body it's more flow but i th i really do i'm super biased but i really do believe in the channels and the meridians and the points i don't think that they are um which both practices agree on mm -hmm. or like are very similar mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you believe in them in what way like i believe them <laughs> you know but I don't know what you know. Mm -hmm. What do you mean you believe them? Well, you just asked... Um, who copied who? Mm -hmm. If one was older, mm -hmm. which one's more ancient and better? 
<laughs> and not necessarily things that are old are better for us. Mm. But I was just wondering if mm. there's evidence that um, acupuncture followed in the footsteps and then took it their own way, or coincidentally, there's a combination of beautiful spots on the body that work simultaneously and people would agree from the acupuncture community between five and like three thousand three thousand years ago is acupuncture and when they met finally they're like oh you believe there too no way we're just over here we love oh my god mm. we love you well and even the geographical location of india to china you have to wonder about the crossover there in culture and sharing of ideas mm. i wonder the language is kind of really totally different mm. right i don't think they use symbols and mm. a lot of different pronunciation so how could they communicate some people would learn the languages and there's probably people going in between the two but that's the beautiful thing about the medicine is the communication is not necessarily needed to be done through um, a discussion or even text. That's why it's really strange studying acupuncture today, you know, from a textbook. And that last reading that I did taught me a lot about how to approach um, this practice, this study, because this is body work, this is energy work, this is a sensual practice, it's not, um, that's what makes it unique and beautiful. It doesn't have to be two people in a room both needing to speak the same language in order for it to be understood. You know, acupuncturists could come together from around the world and have absolutely nothing in common, but be able to, without words and just with observation, arrive at the same ideas and the same conclusions. Kind of conclusions and how to heal mm -hmm. another individual, mm -hmm. which could be from anywhere. Mm -hmm. As long as they sit and they're okay with the needles and they understand that acupuncture is a thing. Mm. Imagine back in the day, no one's ever done it before, and you arrive at a place where a bunch of acupuncturists <laughs> are around okay. that don't speak your language, and they have a bunch of needles, and everything's pretty calm, and you kind of like them, but you're really skeptical on how many needles this person wants to use. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that's a lot of needles. No one did that to Eddie, so okay. Just SEC speaking words that potentially you don't know. And all I'm saying is it's going to be fine. You're going to be okay. Just trust me. Picking up the needles. <laughs> but this Picking is up the shark tooth. <laughs> the internet and everyone knowing. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, the shark tooth, yeah. They used crazy, they've excavated some crazy artifacts of, you know, these um, devices that they believe used to be used. <coughs> Do you imagine having someone say, okay, <laughs> come see me, I'll he heal you. I mean, 
here's the herbs. Let's see how they're saying it. Acupuncture, like Chinese medicine is, is all about herbs. Um, really, that's the foundation. Acupuncture came later as we moved further from the Tao. We needed f further intervention. Um, like they, they used to say that all, all of illness that used to occur, you know, could have been able to be healed with herbs and the movement of energy. I believe we talked about this. I guess we're on the podcast. I'm on the podcast. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> herbs. Herbs, but... But also the general nutrition, the general fuel source. Like if a person was sick from back in the day and their general fuel source is simply, like, wheat all the time and that's what you're feeding your slaves and they're sick and then you get this other Chinese medicine person in mm -hmm. some herbs are definitely important because they're going to bring tons of essential nutrients Nutrition. and there's a lot of belief behind what some nutrients can do and like the shape and smell and feel of herbs that open your heart or <clears throat> cleanse your lungs mm -hmm. but that slave also, and just needs a bit of fruit, maybe, as well. Rest. And, yeah. You can't exactly heal. If it only had bread and herbs, would it be able to be healed? I think as well, like... Well, and also... Um, having enough calories. Mm-hmm. And then... Also... The energy work. I think that's like the holy grail is like rest, nutrition, and whatever you want to call your spiritual practice, breath work, Do energy you, work. The I, nutrition is going to be used. You understand your nutrition and understanding what you want to do with what you eat. If you're at a, a certain level of this practice and a really good level, do you think you would think about your food as shaping your future before you even eat it? Or setting intentions are bad, sort of. In relationships, they can end up in issues. But if your relationship with your food is like, I intent on eating this wrap, so later today, the energy, the energy flow is going to be clear with enough energy to get me biking to the beach. Absolutely. Wow. That's also a meditation in sitting mm -hmm. there and thinking mm -hmm. that. Yeah. <clears throat> Where attention goes, energy flows. Absolutely. Whoa. Yeah. I think that when I was studying nutrition, that. Um, more so than the biochemistry of nutrition and food combinations and macro and micronutrients, all these things, the more important thing is your relationship with food and how, how you consume food. Like, this is all vagus nerve. This ties into vagus nerve, like your nervous system. You can activate up to 20% of your digestive enzymes and acids before you even put anything in your mouth through 
texture, smell, making food and remembering the last time you made that recipe, laughing with someone, kissing your lover while you're preparing food. All of these um, things are all a part of our vagal nerve and the vagal nerve like attaches to every single part of your digestive system. So before you even put anything in your mouth, you can impact the ability of your body to absorb and digest food hugely. So for people who are in poor relationships with their food, what kind of advice could you give for helping them? I'm, I thought of instantly someone who doesn't understand this yet. The Not just like you just eat an avocado and you go, you're going for a run and uh, then you, well, it's pretty hard to feel bad if you actually feel yourself with all the things I'm about to list. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I catch people kind of feeling less good as they can and they're kind of blaming it on their diet. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm not eating well enough mm -hmm. and they could be but not stopping themselves? Is it just willpower that they need to gain and confidence in oneself to realize that you can have the good stuff? Or... No, I don't think it's willpower. Just repetitive practice of appreciating the food you eat. And if you do so, you won't... You'll realize there's nothing to appreciate in a box of Ritz crackers and Kraft Single mm -hmm. Cheese Slices. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's absolutely. Explosively colorful and explosive in your mouth. Mm -hmm. Are you having fun, child? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you having fun? Totally. <laughs> Open the Ritz cracker box. Oh yeah, video games. <laughs> so cheesy. Um. <laughs> <laughs> make a sandwich out of two pieces of craft single slice oh. and take four Ritz crackers and just like those slices on either side, get yourself a nice round plate, put that in the microwave. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Dri oh. Drizzle maple syrup on it. Oh. <laughs> and it's just this like mushy, but has this cracker thing and you're just eating that watching the Simpsons. Oh Lord. Fuck it. So is one person appreciating that? I guess, but you can't relate it to feel but maybe they do feel good. I think a big part, um, a, is to not be distracted when you eat. Like everything you just said. Okay. Fair. If that's your life, I'm no judgment. That's fine. If that's your recipe, your go-to on a <clears throat> Sunday morning. But I think the difference is if you prepare that for yourself, and then sit down and eat it while you watch The Simpsons versus sitting down maybe even on the floor. Eating is one of the most grounding things we do for ourselves. Mm. Eating on the floor is huge. Yeah. Um, and, you know, maybe having a little bit of music on, but nothing too loud. Um, sitting down just in a place that promotes some calm and then you eat that sandwich that you prepared for yourself, mm. your experience of that sandwich and your awareness of how it makes you feel the rest of the day, I'm sure it will be different. 
totally. You know when you're at a rave and it's been a lot of hours that you haven't eaten and you've mm. been potentially on some psychedelics and then you finally find the time and space to whip something <laughs> together it could even be hot mm-hmm. or you waited in long lineups to spend quite a bit of money <laughs> to get some <laughs> vegan wrap or some like indian food and you finally sit there and the amount of times you just go mm. <laughs> and you're pr- probably on the ground too because it might yeah. be too busy in the cooking area and too intense even yeah go to the riverside mm-hmm. sit on the ground and you're like oh my god my legs are sore <laughs> oh i've been already, dancing all night you're feeling yourself wait is it daytime <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> mm. and then you have that first bite and you're like oh my god food like mm. Mm. your legs are tingling Mm-hmm. I wonder what you're activating there. Love, probably, for yourself and, like, appreciation for all that happened and still being alive during that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. One What's thing. Your, your nervous system? All of your nervous systems are s- so connected with your digestive tract. I remember so that's why food can be euphoric like that. It can be a total, like, cathartic experience of just, oh my gosh, What's this is so delicious. Cathartic? Cathartic? Cathartic. Um, definition? Like, explosion of a certain emotion in a really strong way. How else could Body you feeling, you visceral. Holy, good words. <laughs> Clean. <laughs> So can you have a cathartic day? Absolutely. Cool. Cathartic mushroom trip, cathartic Cathartic. experience. Yeah, it was just mind-blowing, like life-changing, explosive in the um, like energy and emotion that you, whatever energy or emotion it was. Mm. One thing I wanted to say about having the sit down and feeling grounded Mm-hmm. Um, comparing the two people who are watching The Simpsons and having very colorful food and experiencing kind of a rush almost of a ride, and your body's going to need to process that ride. You can't expect to just go on rides and not be a little bit exhausted and take some damage from it. Um, I thought of a friend who plays World of Warcraft, mm-hmm. and on the downtime kind of thing, the body's downtime, sitting time, is actually fully ignited brain, like, empathy mm. and stimulation being, playing a character. If you played it like I used to, mm-hmm. it would be so involved. Your brain is so on that you channel living in that being, and it actually kind of takes frees you from your body. But it's not calm in the mind no. because suddenly you're in just this other life. Yeah. And the way I looked at it was if there's three levels in a building and you kind of want to be in the middle one, the middle one is not sleep and not too energetic. It's just nice, cool, calm existence. Mm-hmm. When you wake up and you have cool calm existence and then you go to world of warcraft on your downtime or your 
eating while playing World of Warcraft. And you don't actually go into, let's say the bottom floor actually is a meditation and a grounding floor. Then as well, you get caught in not even thinking that there is the ground floor. You're only bouncing between middle floor and top floor, being stimulated and just being in your body. And you, ha you never really find ground. Mm -hmm. And if you're not at ground, you don't really have a, a want to eat good food. Mm -hmm. because you can't relate with it it doesn't really excite you yeah you're um, not alone in the experience of eating the food and and being with your thoughts and your feelings without a distraction and it's like so many people get home from work and put on the tv just as background noise or what or whatever the excuse it's kind of nice to have just to, to people literally say just to zone out or yeah or it's just kind of nice to have on in the background the thing is, I always thought that was really strange. If like, you never get down to that first floor, you never know how up life is in the second floor. The totally. second floor being totally. just above nothingness, mm -hmm. just above water and food and shelter and love mm -hmm. and clean air, mm. hopefully. If you don't get down to there, you never really appreciate the middle floor, and then you constantly want to, you just bounce between second and third floor. Mm -hmm. And hmm. yeah, it's it's a life. Totally, and it's not an unfulfilled life. It's not a wrong life. Um, What's the basement? The basement sleep and out of body experiences. Mm -hmm. Maybe just sleep though. Actually, on this graph that I've invented, <laughs> the house graph. Hmm. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, it's. I had a partner who would get home from work and then put the TV on. You notice how I don't have a TV in my house? <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I don't think Do I ever I will. It? Like. But he would put it on, and more often than not, for a period of time. I want to be careful about how I say this because I really empathize for him and I don't mean to, yeah, yeah, anyway, um, but I was observing him come home from work in less than a, you know, long day at work, whatever, and then put on the TV and zone out, and then the anxiety would come on big time for him after a couple hours get home have a beer on an empty stomach before eating dinner oh my heavens yeah right that's that's an anxiety recipe in mm, itself not overly grounding no and then kind of right away like it would <clears throat> we would you know talk about our days with the tv on we wouldn't like sit in, in it's really silence distracting and, and it's not yeah, and I always kind of was curious about whether the TV, and then it becomes habitual, it's a pattern, and the TV is your friend, of course, your companion, it's a habit. Um, and so then, if someone were to suggest to you that perhaps the TV is doing some harm rather than some good, then 
no, that's really scary. And that can't be, that can't be right. That's just what I do. That's what I do to calm down. And that's a hard cycle to break. And that's something that we all experience in life, not necessarily that specifically, but we all engage in behaviors that we claim um, help us or make a positive difference or change in our life um, or, you know, are just kind of essential. But deep, deep down, if we were to be able to be open and trustworthy of our inner knowing, we would know that there are so many things we do that are just habits. How do you fix that person? Show them another way to find themselves. I was quite stressed yesterday, Mm. and I was thinking about drinking, smoking, and... The only other one that's kind of quite natural is breathing exercises. Mm -hmm. But why is that okay? Is that okay? Maybe getting... How do you get into a spot where you don't get anxious? I needed to talk to some people. And it was going to come, but it was not bothering me. But it was still on my mind. I didn't get the chance to talk to them until later. Mm. so I would would just do try different things could watch TV it's distracting but it doesn't add up to anything in the real life in the in the ego of me and my ideas of this game I'm playing it doesn't level my skills up in anything and it doesn't bring back anybody making me food Mm. it doesn't doesn't show up later and grab my back Mm. maybe sometimes 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 cracking a joke because i heard it somewhere Mm. but even then you're just copying someone then Mm -hmm. yeah and not being original i do like to twist the jokes that i hear (laughs) a little bit yeah but you're naturally already so witty and you wonder how if you took these things away, just like anything, just like any bad habit, addiction, pattern, toxic, anything, if you took it away, uh, you will be able to like open up and access things about yourself that you didn't even know at all were possible or close or within the realms of your own existence. That's what's so beautiful. That's like the the thing that I read to you earlier is we're all seeking fire. We're all seeking to like climb this ladder of desire and experience. But some people like to hang out for a little while in one place. And that's natural. Um And I know for me, like the people in my life that I love deeply, deeply, you know, without judgment, you just wonder looking upon their life if they got out of their, let's say, abusive relationship or if they um, 
you know, called me instead of drank a bottle of wine when they had a a long day, you just wonder what could open up within them. It's the same thing about like watching TV, you know, like you just said, oh, I sometimes get jokes from it. But if you didn't watch TV ever (laughs) and instead just lived your life and instead of watching TV, probably going to be talking to people instead. In the relevant area. Yeah. You'll be way funnier. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But I'd like to think so because that's life experience. And we know that with life experience, we, that's how we grow. And teach and grow into ourselves. You have a little sticker on the wall that says, like, I don't dislike my discomforts. I cherish them because they Mm. shape me to who I am today. Or I can't remember what it says. I've read Mm -hmm. it a couple times. Mm -hmm. Nice reminders. You also have a sticker at the light switch on your way out. What's that? Oh, yeah. What's that one say? You are loved. Yeah. Ooh. The domestic violence? Wrote them a note? Oh, yeah. Just, you are loved. That was a beautiful note that you wrote. It was, I think, proactively good. I think they knew where we were. They knew who this is. This isn't an honest mishate. This is just awareness. For me... Being able to hear somebody be upset drives me nuts because I don't think they have any right to be. (laughs) Which, who are you to go in and say you can't feel how you feel? At a point when it gets delivered to someone else. Probably. Mm Mm-hmm. Not only are there other ways to manage what you're going through, it's not delivering it to other people. It doesn't go anywhere at that point. Just like hurt traveling through the body, it will travel to the next person, which is just another spongy entity. Mm -hmm. And whatever you get off of you that day, barely, is only gonna go into this other sponge of a person And it's going to be on the planet still, or it's not going to be grounded into the planet. I don't know where the the hate goes. (laughs) I'm not very full of it right now. I don't know where where it went. It comes and goes, right? Where does it ever go? Once you get massages enough and stretch enough and move your body and give it good, good things, Mm -hmm. and you're around great people, Mm -hmm. you don't really experience too much clogging energy Mm. flow is moving Mm -hmm. it moves pain moves you said it the pain Pain moves is that where does the anger come from and then once we're out of it where does it really go it's something that we need to it's a clog up in the body maybe that gives us pain and it doesn't go anywhere until it's freed up I think that pain, well, anger comes from 
being attached to something and then not having it be true and then having a reaction. Yes, I will have some. Thank you. Um, pain. Yeah, we've talked so much about pain. It travels. For sure, it travels. It's karmic, I believe. Um, but it's also it's energy, and it can't be created or destroyed. So it's never... Maybe energy's energy, but it's a clog up in you, and it hurts. And then you're upset because you hurt, and you try to... But what the hell do we try to do when we yell at someone and make them hurt like us? Oh, so mm. we feel understood mm. to fit in. Well, and we're trying to, in healing, you're trying to transform pain. And then in a fight like that, you're taking your pain and you're trying to transform it into something that can also be felt by the person or whoever you're trying to hurt. So they understand. Desires are kind of the same. What I'm dealing with. Yeah. You don't know my life. Yeah. <laughs> Let me hurt you so you know how I feel. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's so... Um, but then we can get caught in that. Yeah. There are people caught being the soakers for that and thinking yeah. I can... They're enabling, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And they might, they might believe that that's how we must be to maintain a relationship... To maintain being loved by the person when they are. Mm. Any way anyone treats you or communicates and you allow it, I guess you are more enabling it mm. as opposed to, oh gosh. But when someone's defenseless and vomiting, Aww. They can't really talk like, hey, you might need to go for a run. Or yeah. potentially someone's trying to be mean to someone to make them feel bad about fucking up. Yeah. I don't know what was going on down there. How about a life lessons from parents? Or if you're a parent and you need to teach your daughter or son why they just messed up bad they just threw a rock through the neighbor's window because the girl wouldn't answer the door at 14 how do you <laughs> how do you teach I guess don't make them don't yell at them although they need to be stopped and they need to be they need to know directly that that's wrong how do you shake it into them break their window that's your window mm. most likely in this day and age hmm. or in singapore where families live together forever that's a whole that's a great question that's a whole other realm though because that's parenting Try to <laughs> and <laughs> like it's one thing to talk to your friends and um, and like talk to your peers, I guess, and try and, or even just try and like teach humans, teach adults, but growing a child and like 
parenting a child and showing an individual and I suppose that's what it is is it's showing leading by example but showing an individual who yeah doesn't have all of these circuits connected in their brain yet of right from wrong and up from down and I don't know I do not know how you would go about that a that's a that's Maybe a part of life that i haven't thinking, been what about yet. like <laughs> in thinking you're closer to a 14 year old than a parent would be at your like i don't think a 23 year old could have a 14 year old yet and being closer to the child what about getting the aspect of like maybe just take their phone away <laughs> that's what they would say <laughs> a 14 year old would be like yeah, how to punish me, take my phone away, hey, hey. <laughs> I can't do anything without it. <laughs> but weirdly, that's a blessing. Mm-hmm. And then they'll get in touch with mm-hmm. life and realize that everything has a cost, and the cost is energy. And that window that I just broke, someone's got to melt glass and drive over here and fix it, which costs a lot of energy, which you don't understand when you're getting blasted by social media. Mm-hmm. Um, let's not just say, I'm sorry to say just social media, but anything you want. Mm. Maybe you're into porn already at 14 on your mobile phone. Oh, maybe, yeah. Maybe Naps Kitty Land World. You just got like 19 cats. (laughs) (laughs) Just rocking it. How many cats do you have? What color? Uh, my favorite Whoa. color is for sure orange. I love orange cats. Can we trade? Whoa. Can we make a trade? I might make this an cats. app. This sounds fun. Purple cats. You collect trade cats, cats. And they just, they're your virtual cats. And you have them, and then you can trade them. That's fucking sick, though. Would people... Target audience, 14-year-olds who are into porn already. Pussies. <laughs> get you off there, kids, Pussy and get land. you into the real... <laughs> <laughs> you can put your advertising on uh, porn websites. It's perfect. Yeah, it's great. I go to them so often. I know exactly where people look. <laughs> Not true. You never know. What do you think of porn? I have mixed feelings because potentially masturbation and what you have inside of you is your life energy. And if you invest it in someone, you might get a return in it like if you so when i masturbate i might run out of life force energy or horniness or drive which then will less likely have me around a girl who would will hold me and say Mm. that i'm talented or um motivate me in that way to so that might be a bit of a wormhole Mm. really appreciate laughing (laughs) at the beauty of exactly what I can get on porn being pretty much anything and perfectly to the T what I'm decently looking for and probably more in 4K HD and enjoying that moment (laughs) that happened recently when you weren't here. (laughs) Oh yeah. I laughed at like how much fun I was having. What was the most memorable one? Um, they're both like Czech orgy 
Oh, yeah, you were telling me. And uh, outdoor. <laughs> and yeah, we still haven't had just, sex outside. Just looks like they're having so much fun outside. I don't know if they're acting for it or if they genuinely were. Uh oh. <laughs> Can I lay down? Is that okay? Mm -hmm. That'd be perfect. <laughs> Stay comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a goddamn wormhole and it can be used to find relief in situations like any substance or drugs do in your mind. Um, that's a natural way. They made it so good so we'd reproduce whoever they are. Did we decide to want to reproduce? I don't think so. Who's the creator? I blame this on God. That's why I watch porn. Because I have a, an unscratched bone that I need itched. <laughs> <laughs> and he decided to have that because he wants just us to live happily ever after slash with <laughs> more kids around and keep the humans going. And it's like, okay, so you made it enjoyable. So now I have to watch porn because there's no females around. Mm. I'm in this hostel and it's quiet and there's nobody and I'm so hot <laughs> and I'm so impressive because I'm way out here <laughs> don't even know where I am can't even pronounce it Turkmenistan just kidding I haven't been to Turkmenistan have you been to any of the stands no oh. have you no I wish I had a partner whose dad traveled Afghanistan extensively in the 1970s and had the most wonderful photographs cool. and stories like it sounded like a mecca just a haven everyone was so kind and so friendly and the food and the flavors and the colors and the landscape like what a beautiful beautiful land heard like afghan kush and there's mm. fields of weed yeah but it's illegal to pick it up and mm. roll it and smoke it mm. but there's fields of it mm. drive by it mm. Afghanistan uh, Afghani Afghani people are really beautiful as well I find I love just who isn't beautiful Farah in eyes. this reproductive I do beautiful find state that you're in everyone pretty beautiful let's talk like Nepalese South African Nepalese mm. Kenyan mm. that'd probably be pretty cool a mountainous a mm. little bit darker kind of runner mm. um, with cool run-ins man <laughs> <laughs> cool run-ins jokes mm. female or male i wanted to start with female but then I jumped into satisfying your <laughs> take and jumped into this male figure they're all good we could talk about females too <laughs> <laughs> as long as the as long as the attitude's good yeah yeah absolutely and who beauty is about like this is so cheesy but it's so much more than the face. Like, I love, like, random, like, ankles. Like, 
the place the at the bottom of your back where your back like turns into your ass i love that spot it's so unique on different people if you really really look like the small of your back i suppose or you is it like i don't know the bone names like the top of the hip yeah where the spine that's your iliac crest where it attaches to your sacrum i weirdly put pressure on um people's sternum and yeah. that area mm-hmm. almost simultaneously I love it. I feel like it's a a way to make people feel like they're handled, like they're safe. Mm. I don't what's what's the word? How would you feel? Do I do that to you? Oh yeah. Like this? And I mm. kind of push on both and it well it almost enforces a straighter back. But it, mm-hmm. there's such solid parts of the body that um, can I can move you. And it, it kind of demonstrates that I can move you, but I only move you a bit. It's almost like a trust thing. My mm-hmm. own integrated getting my way into the mind. Mm. The solar plexus... What's a solar plex? <laughs> and then that's the spot where you like to to touch people right on their sternum. That's your solar plexus. That's your like, connection with humans, and you're very much like yang and an energetic, connecting, seeking, experiential human. So it makes sense, I think, for you to had that craving to like put your hand there because for me when you do it to me it makes me feel vulnerable and not vulnerable at the same time I suppose like it makes me feel safe in my vulnerability I guess yeah it's a way of holding someone without wrapping your arms around them and enveloping them it's more acknowledging acknowledging them in a very um like non non-sexual way like a very oh, like not sexy s- spiritual but the spiritual connection maybe if you spread your fingers out a little bit <laughs> <laughs> the spiritual connection and having um the mind feel safe the mind and body feeling safe around the partner or the mm me then life's just better when people feel safe around you and stoked about you and connected with you then they can be themselves and you get a lot from listening to them Mm. and i get the connection as well whatever what you described is kind of exactly how I feel. Or maybe it just goes one way and then it transmits to you. Mm. And now you know how it feels because I gave that message. Mm. That's what I find really interesting about connecting with people in a very physical, intimate way. Mm. Sometimes you you go with the ride in connecting 
and it's almost like you know that someone is getting turned on you can almost imagine how they are getting turned you put yourself in their shoes and Mm -hmm. what would be what you believe they like because you're feeling them and feeling their energy and then you do the thing Mm. that you made up and it's and it happens but maybe it's all me perceiving it but in evidence you would claim that we share the same feeling at the same time when we connect in the physical way Mm. connection is really what we yawn for Mm-hmm. And that's why we want to reach out and why we want to get down with, probably, so we can finally maybe reach that point of crazy, like, empathy so much so that you're almost in that body as you're doing things with or to someone. Mm. You almost feel them more than you feel yourself. And they might be doing the same at the exact same time to have a a real connection. Mm. Mm. Do you see color or feel sensation when you're touching someone? Right here. Never looked for color as I'm doing it. For me, it just reminds me of the man I'd like to be, or I like, I've enjoyed in my life. When I approach someone like this, I really have, it's going over and over in my mind, this replay of me approaching, wrapping my left arm around the butt, putting my palm on the tailbone. Mm. and pulling that towards me, my leg, to then putting my hand on my chest to keep a a distance between us. Mm. Not chest to chest, heart to heart, or any... I'm not touching your butt, and I'm not touching your boobs. I'm touching large bones connections, and a bunch of them with my big hands... To show that I can move you? I wonder if you... But I'm not moving you and you're safe and I love you. Hmm? Kind of thing. I wonder if you and Joel were positioned like that in the womb. Or something similar. That's a huge thought. I wonder if there's images of how we were together. Ask your mama. Mama. I wish you remembered exactly when we were born, too. Because that's something to do with star signs. Hey, Scorpio. But what's up with this? The twins born together. Same star sign. Totally different. Yeah, but you're... Ten minutes apart. Is mm. there a changing cusp within those ten minutes? Exactly. Knowing the time. No, actually, the day, you actually only really need to know, um, depending on what 
astrological reading you're going to get because there are to my knowledge of a few different ways to read your chart but what i was told is you actually technically for this one way of reading that mine got done as you only need to know if it was like a.m or p.m not down to the minute so why it could be wrong me and my brother are going to read the same information Yes, but remember, it's just a blueprint. It's not a prediction. It's not a... People do predict. People do predict, but your chart itself is just a blueprint of the sky the moment you were born. And an interpretation of it. Horoscopes in these things and like advanced chart reading is more predictions but I'm not sure. I tell everyone um, that is, you know, hasn't had it done and is curious or maybe even skeptical. I, I had mine done and it was at a very, uh, it was very beneficial. I was at a time in my life where I was seeking and trying to understand my identity better and was slightly lost. And um, I just had it read when I was traveling by this woman and she completed it for me and sent it to me. And I kind of was reading it while I was traveling, but didn't get, you know, until I got home and I printed it all off and it's like 85 pages. And it's mind-blowing. I should show you it. Hmm. There's a lot in there that... um, And it's just words on a page. I mean, it's not... It's not magic. It's not... You know... um, Like a prophecy. It's just words on a page. And I think if you can have... If you can take anything positive from it, then... You know, great. <laughs> I think um, people have been reading into feelings for so long. Potentially people have, the people who are very into this and pass this knowledge down through just gauging how people feel when they were born over and over and over. And as they live their whole lives and checking how people feel and their birthdays and when they come in and talking to them. Mm. And then those people probably inherently pass an energy to the people who are looking up to them. And like maybe star sign readers will be hanging out with uh, horoscope readers, star sign readers to pass down the energy and the information and the general feel of what's going on. And it's way longer than the English language. So the words on the page are interpreted by someone channeling Mm. and in their root selves where they wanted to grow up being a stargazer, reader, horoscope, analyzer, human purpose finder, identifier for people, lives now Mm. and understands the English language. 
and when it needs when he she the energy needs to motivate the person or find out what may happen or what energies they will be feeling they'll just feel that's been passed down and the practice that's been passed down and write with their english language and all the words that they know a horoscope for how these people might feel that day mm-hmm. and it might be probably more right than it is wrong based on just simple feeling of energy for generations and the stars not changing and people being born in certain seasons in certain areas and mm. that information being passed and then when you sit there and you're that person that needs to write these and you've been studying this studying feeling mm. feeling feeling listening feeling mm. you soak it all up and you rem- you remember and you're like yeah these people this day oh for sure it's just like last year mhm it's i but this year there has been this global change based on this solar energy that i've been feeling cuz i'm into this as so much so i need to change just these two words i need to flip the order of them this year but it still very much applies and then people are like this is bullshit <laughs> i kept this one from last year and look at this this is just a flip <laughs> version of it this guy's bullshit this star sign stuff bullshit <laughs> but yeah. I'm sure my twin brother thinks it's bullshit cuz we're 10 minutes apart being born and open to some sort of horoscope maker, star sign reader to have us individually and really tell me something and tell nail his as well and not just follow the path of but then they probably feel the individuals too if they're in that spot and they, they just read India because it's just a flowing energy practice, probably. And I wonder too, like I haven't met your brother, but I wonder if you're more s- similar to your brother than what you think. You know, I get that all the time with my siblings. I look at them and say, oh, we're all so different. But then, you know, your loved ones go, no, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) Like, of course, you're individuals. Oh, shit. Yeah. I don't know. I've never met your brother, but I'm sure that you guys have some similarities that you're overlooking. Me and Dean have been hanging out again. And I think, like, it's so cool having this guy around that... We both just jump on skateboards. We both just jump on a bike. We both know how to put a chain back on. We both know how to fix the tire, how to uh, make these beats. I just know I got a guy that is kind of me. But then I made the list, and it kind of ends right there. And it's like, oh, there's our similarities. And then, but I think it's that's the end of the roots that go back to the tree, and there's more behind it all that adds up like the DJing and skateboarding are all a meditation as well they go connect with that main artery of a root and that's way bigger shaping everything that passes through that to what the tree is going to become and the size of it it's not picking out like the individual things that you can put into a box or subject Mm. as something it's like these 
things that you're into that actually influence the meditation side of things, the letting loose party side of things, the social side of things that make us more similar. Mm. And if we're judgmental about it, then we might not see so mm. much of it that's together. I I laid a list on him and he just said, well, no, that's it. And I'm like, oh, man, it feels like you are really me a lot. Mm. I'm a lot you because mm. he's older. Mm. And come on. You other, don't feel that, bro? Other than your brother, who else do you look up to? <clears throat> like as a male role model kind of thing. Fading away from my dad a little because he's getting a little jaded probably in the practice of what I'm up to. But I looked up to him tons. A mm. uh, little, little bit of twin, but I think about it like when people ask me who's my inspiration for writing music and I've really dropped off the boat of wanting uh, people to be my inspiration. Mm. And I just think of myself and my past selves and like the versions of myself I want to have, the egos that I have of being super glue and the being glue Rilla. I describe these beings of myself that like I'm not them. And it's, it might be weird for people. And I've had it be weird for people where I'm, they're asking me, what music do you make? And I say to myself, well, this ego that I have of Glorilla, I imagine, is going to be an art form and a performance that you're going to understand. It's not like Super Glue. Super Glue's a little more at all the parties and is there to remix any song. Mm. He's a different being, and I had to take a, I had to separate myself from being Colin and associating myself with Super Glue when I was about twenty-two. Mm. 23 maybe I came back and I just thought to myself I'm trying to be super glue this endless energy human being that will show up to every party to then also get my own parties to play them to show up to work to show up and be totally fun and active and be the life of the party be this DJ even on the street walking down it and be this entertainer the whole time. And then I just realized I need to separate myself from that. And I'm a human and I'm not this amazing superhero of a figure. Mm. And have you found that by trying to separate it a bit, it's actually more integrated now, a few years down the line? Um, integrated how? Like into me? Like you have a better... Um, by by creating that separation of like self and creative self and the working self taking care of yourself self do you now find that they if you put the work in which sounds like you did a few years later now do you feel like you were more able to flow between all of these selves and have them actually be be more connected little bit definitely able to picture how I can turn into super glue mm -hmm. and when I want to go to a party and remember how I freaking throw down as that guy mm -hmm. and how I want to I can't wait to be that guy again tonight love it love that guy when he comes out mm -hmm. 
but it was just unhealthy to be that version of myself. I was idolizing someone, mm. which was myself. I was idolizing myself. I, mm. yeah. Wow. Facebook, photos, write-ups. Yeah. Idolizing myself and believing in a higher version. Mm. Which, when you idolize people, you you forget that they're humans. Mm. At least for me, and loving my favorite artists in the world that have made me feel so good so many times and you have no idea man like you are my god and they're just like can you please leave this table i am trying to eat with my family (laughs) (laughs) we are like i'm trying to shit man So in having that relationship with yourself mm-hmm. and believing all this super super out ego. of yourself that <laughs> yeah. I had to take a step separate it. Be like, yeah. yo, don't Oh, I remember so badly I was living it. I had this German guy, he just treated me like I was it. And that made me realize mm-hmm. like <laughs> this is where I need to change. It was after Prague, it was in New Zealand. Mm. Um, and after I got back from New Zealand, New Zealand and Australia, I re- like told my mom about all this, mm. and now she's like, "Yeah, my son knows how to separate himself. He's a superstar." <laughs> oh. But uh, <laughs> this guy oh. laid it into me, and I realized how I was laying it into my idols. Mm. And he's like, "Yeah, man, you know everything. You are the man. Mm-hmm. You." Put on the music, man. You are the guy. No, I wouldn't want to. You're better at it. Oh, your stuff is all so much cooler. You, and because I was putting that all out there and I was holding myself like that, but then this younger mind gave me what I was putting out Mm -hmm. in the realest form. Mm -hmm. And I realized, like, man, I need you to have your own opinion on what you think about the music selection, what you want to do, where you want to go. We were sharing a van space. Mm. Um, If you're into eating pizza right now, (laughs) what do you want to do, man? Like, you know what's best for Mm. sure. You're killing it. You're amazing. Mm. For some reason, I got very, very uncomfortable in that situation. And it was everything I wanted, and he was giving it to me. Well, yeah, exactly. It's that kind of like, well, it's lonely at the top. Like, when you get everything you could have ever wanted, and you've gotten to your top, like your pinnacle, your peak, you look around and you realize, oh, I did this only for my own, like, self, and there's no one else here. There's people below me that are celebrating me and are maybe there and supporting me. But this was all just for self. And, oh, now I did it. I made it. I'm here. Mm, this isn't fun. This is actually kind of lonely. And maybe void of any, like, heart space and meaningfulness. Yeah. Yeah. I think that happens to, and how devastating. Imagine that happening to you, like, that happened to you at, what, 22, 23? Like, mm. imagine having that, or having that happen at, uh, like, at, like, age 60. Like, you work your whole life to just achieve something. Um, Ooh, that's when people break down. That's when yeah, they have those freakouts. Yeah. 
Not that I've seen it, but yeah. a, like huge human breakdown. individual, individualistic ego breakdown. Worlds break that ego every month. Rugged individuals. You know, our beautiful idea of having everyone do mushrooms at ten years old, mm-hmm. twenty years old, thirty years old, every mm-hmm. ten years, every single person, mm-hmm. and it's your mushroom. And day. it's your mushroom day, and you get to pick your day. Because it's your day. And uh, some people share the same day in the mm. village, and you have your mushroom day. Mm. And uh, it's a party. It's calm <laughs> space, beautiful uh, food setup, um, dancing space. In mine, or in my culture, there would be. Mm-hmm. In the Chinese culture, there might be... Raw bats <laughs> at, <laughs> at food markets. <laughs> Uh, Colin. <laughs> in mine, I just would want to be probably in the jungle or by the ocean or in the mountains, what, just outdoors. Do you describe Canadian forests as jungle as well? Or totally. Or do you remember a jungle somewhere you've been that, can you describe it? Oh my gosh, how do you describe the jungle? Was it the avocado place? <laughs> no. It's close to that place, though. This jungle was up in the mountains. It was in, it was like in a cloud forest. So all the clouds were there and around all the time. It was always like that misty, cool, hair standing on your skin kind of feeling. Where? Um, San Jose del Pacifico in Mexico. Cool. Do you know the, the Maria Sabina story? In Is Orleans? it the mushroom place? Yeah. But anyway, this this um, this one spot in the in the jungle there specifically, I'll just never forget it. Yeah. The the shapes and color and texture and fractals of the plants in this jungle were unforgettable. Just so beautiful and strange and weird. And you could never attempt to draw them or take a photograph of them and try and like, and even just sitting here trying to describe it Describe it, yeah. Were you high on drugs? I wasn't, (laughs) but I, didn't need to be yeah you know at all like those moments those are the best moments you don't need them they're already you're already on that vibration that they are trying to get you to and Um, that's it's very achievable in my in my this is all uh, my opinion but to get there with your sober mind and getting there with your sober mind offers a experience and a level of um, comfort for me personally, I find, to get to these really high, high points, high vibrational uh, experiences with my sober mind are like so transformative. So for necessary me. to show you that you are everything, you are your creator of your space, and the drugs, if you're in any sort of wishwash of an addiction, is only inducing layers of the drugs that are already in your mind Mm. and releasing them and you can find natural ways and like really really to the t do the things you really want to do 
Mm. Nothing pressing to be able to let go and be exactly in the spot where, fuck, I just want to be on that branch. Mm. Do not stop yourself because you think it's a bit dangerous and things. Just trust me, you'll climb it and fall. Uh, You won't fall. (laughs) And you'll get up there and you'll do it safely and you'll be on that branch and you'll be so happy you did because you felt it and you don't even know why. I don't know why. I don't know where this comes from. Mm. But you'll be really, really happy you did. And you probably get into that blissful place where you can appreciate the fractals and the, the curvy beauty of where you sit mm. or someone will tease you because they're not comfortable themselves. Mm. <laughs> At a certain point, you got to learn to let those comments go too. Mm. Mm-hmm. Maybe hard. Mm-hmm. But getting to that place of appreciation is so beautiful you know it's and it's easy to see in nature but then to experience that with like yourself your body you know other human strangers so that's what i was gonna say is like getting to that space but among a whole bunch of humans Mm. probably a little bit hard Mm -hmm. right harder way harder yeah to fully be super appreciative of the moment and and things with a bunch of people around yeah because they because we're thinking about what they think so much and importantly we'll never even know what they think so you should probably stop unless they want to communicate it to you which at that point that person matters a little bit that's exactly what belonging in community is, is being able to feel comfortable being yourself intermixed with a lot of other beings that are much different than you. But having certain shared um, values or ideas, that's what it's all about. It's easier to find the time or it's easier to find the bliss with people who have similar minds. Mm. But even so, it's like during COVID, um, when everything was shut down, that was within a few days. I was like, holy shit, I miss my community. I wasn't even like exiled from my community. It's still here in Fernwood. But I wasn't with my community. And that was... That was tough. I had my friends and the people that I really, really enjoyed being with. But not being around just the familiar faces of the community and the buzz of the community. Just even the knowingness of... Oh, you know, so-and-so is down there opening the coffee shop right now. Or, you know, like, Josh is probably just finishing up his shift at the pizza shop. Like, even just that knowing Feeling connected. Yeah, that was that was uh, something that I really had to move through. You know, not having, like, my acupuncture community to my school community to, like, share ideas not having the acupuncture nutrition community to help me with my own healing and my own ailments and my own self. That was, 
now it's tough. <laughs> it reminds me of maybe you feeling like you're not connected because you're not connected. It's all unknown, and there's a lot of questions. Mm. Brings some the questions and repetitive questions until some answers come in. Mm. But then I just took a deep nosedive into cocaine. Self. <laughs> I was feeling okay. really shitty about everyone and <laughs> so I just got a bag of cocaine myself and uh just oh nosedived into that. I don't ever want to nosedive into a bag of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh lord. That oh, wow. would just send one part of your brain so far in a direction that would just like off balance the tree of life that you call yourself oh i've only done cocaine a few times but the one time i did it i i did it for new year's and i think i worked on it was like january like fourth or like fifth or something like it was well fucking past new year's and I was feeling fine, but I would had been unaware of yeah the cognitive effects uh, after effects of cocaine. I guess I was probably just laying low or something, and I went to work and like serving, and I I just could not believe how like incompetent I was at my brain could not memorize things it could not um you know normally in serving you really like you me personally I guess I like look at the person and I remember the order by the face and not by the actual words of what they just ordered from me but that part of my brain was not able to work like the visual to like um reading lips and vocal connection was totally severed and then even just like if people wanted to share food trying to conceptualize like okay this check is this person and this check is this person they want to split this just split it move it over here no that was not working just everything wasn't it really working me the fuck out it might have been the first time i'd done cocaine and I, yeah, I, I ended up like talking to my bartender after work and he's like, yeah, dude, that's, that's kind of the name of the game with that. And I just never really found it very attractive as a, as a drug, as a stimulant after that. I am super opening to changing, uh, consciousness and opening, but I am not interested in having my brain <laughs> um, not work for five, four or five days afterwards. And it's not even like it was a hard task to do. It was just organization and everything. You look so beautiful right now. Thank you. You do too. The princess of Persia. Yeah. Where did that one come from? I made it up last night. I don't know. Some sort of Egyptian goddess thing. What do you call them? Where's Persia? I'm not Egyptian. My name is Arabic, though. 
Oh my goodness. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. <gasps> Could you give ladies advice for from your te- from your learnings? Any general advice for helping people be more connected with themselves? Breathe? Learn breathing exercises, maybe? <laughs> Would you say that? Are you on that team? Food? Mm-hmm. For people who are feeling stuck, maybe you were feeling stuck like a year ago. Mm. Do you have any advice? Mm. All situations are so different, though. Mm. What could you say from your learning that might be a general booster of your life to make you walk around and feel so bubbly and appreciative for what you have and give so much to me and I'm sure the other people who praise and love you to make you keep going after you fall on your bike (laughs) to (laughs) want to push yourself Mm. to appreciate just how Mm. I'm okay anyway like I just had a few beers this afternoon had a great day Mm -hmm. here I am although yeah I'm scratched up but what's going on and I appreciate you people and I'm listening Mm. maybe people don't want that Mm. but how do they feel how do you make everyone feel more like themselves. Hmm. Such a beautiful question. Hmm. I agree with the breathing. For everyone, I think. Your lungs, your body, your connection. And in whatever way is um like most meaningful to you, there's not one correct way to meditate to breathe so many different ways you can do a walking meditation a food meditation the Wim Hof meditation uh Vipassana like there's so many so many different ways to meditate and to breathe so whatever one resonates with you how do you relate it with your teachings one of the things you were telling me is and it I almost think you can do it when you're fixing a car or a bike and anything. Just taking in a moment, not judging the patient. Mm. Feeling. Mm. When you are doing not acupuncture, but... Nutrition. Um, no, when I was laying on the floor and you... Oh, moxa. Doing a moxa treatment. Mm-hmm. You were telling me not to describe why I was feeling the way I did. Just tell me how it feels and describe how it feels. Mm-hmm. And entering, I was falling into a meditation myself. Mm-hmm. And you're falling in a meditation of feeling the other person mm-hmm. with some knowledge of flow of the body. Mm-hmm. But not judging that everybody should be the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really kind of what I'm lately super into more and more is um, experiencing the world uh, in a sensory way rather than 
by and large with my mind, I suppose. That's a really good way to feel more connected to yourself, is to figure out, and it sounds so silly, but what textures, you know, attract you? What colors do you love? What flavors? What, what smells activate those feelings in your heart, in your extremities, in your belly that just make you go, wow, what a simple thing, but I can feel this and it's a big, maybe even cathartic feeling. That has like cinnamon and roses. Cardamom. (laughs) Drinking tastes Mm. and smelling them. Touching flowers, touching herbs, smelling uh, a book that I, a new book that I'm opening, um, listening to the fire crackling at nighttime as the river rushes by. Um, Even, you can even do it with sight it's harder because your mind wants to rationalize everything but that's why moon gazing is so great because it's so magnetizing and it can kind of just take you away or stargazing I suppose as well your brain's not trying to rationalize everything it's just in a state of awe but that's what that's one like one way I'm trying to connect more to myself is really understanding my senses because we are animals and we are told to live in such a cerebral way and we forget that we are animals you know dive into a topic like pheromones and you'll you know understand that better but that's that's been something kind of cool that I've been doing lately. And I think it having activations in your body that are coming from your own experience of the world and your own taking your own pleasures from your environment and internalizing them and feeling them and not having it be like, you know, someone giving you a compliment or doing a really good job on your test all of these things that we're told are oh this is good this is success can we see success and goodness in um the sound of summer rain hitting the plants on our patio and just sit there and marvel at that. And I think I sound kind of kooky, but... <laughs> you sound amazing. And oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> if that's the trick in being the way you are, which is like with your studies and how it's influencing like you, what you're practicing and what you're saying almost shows directly or is the way to be healthy in a crazy way in feeling yourself being in touch with your feelings and then feeling things with your feelings and appreciating them and like through what you've told me from what you've learned 
and the way it's making you these days, I think a lot of us, if we're all like this, I think we're going to do really well (laughs) kind of thing. Oh, that's very sweet of you to say. No problem. (laughs) And, um... And also, I think just trust. Trust is really good. Don't ever lie to yourself. And you are loved. Don't forget someone's loving you. Mm. And um, if you don't feel like it enough, you might need to open yourself up to others more and be around them. Because mm. once you are, man, I'll just start loving you. Mm. Even the crosswalk person. And also self-pleasure. <laughs> I'll <laughs> throw that one out there. That's If you want to feel more connected to yourself, pleasure yourself. Well, that's what you're doing in feeling yourself to go touch the flower that you like and mm-hmm. you wanted to touch. That's mm-hmm. you in touch with your senses, mm-hmm. taking those and doing whatever the fuck you want with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, my flower, I'm touching it. Oh, that bothers you? I can't even think right now. I'm so lost in these flowers and <laughs> how I feel, which is amazing because I want to be here. <laughs> I'm doing my stuff. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm going to wrap up this recording. True Glue Talks with Farah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Love you. Shout out to mom. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. Shout out to mom. Do you all end them all with shout out to mom? No. <laughs> you should.